0: Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Morning, Church for All Nations. How's everybody doing? Woo! My name is Pastor Ashley Wilkerson and I love getting to be home here with you guys. I have an announcement before we dive into the word this morning that I am, oh wow, how do I explain this? How do you explain something that the Lord has been birthing inside of you for decades? Right? It's more than birthing a child because that's 10 months, decades. I am super excited that in February, February 12th, all the ladies say February 12th, 12th. we are launching our women's Bible study. Now what I'm specifically excited about is I've written quite a few studies and I had one uh, that was... Literally ready to go. Anybody that knows me knows I'm incredibly passionate about the 23rd Psalm. But the Holy Spirit said, no, 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 you're not starting with that one. He said, I need the women of Church for All Nations, the women of the 253, the women of the Pacific Northwest to understand that they're in a war. And you're going to call this Bible study, this is war. War, And we as women are going to gather together for seven weeks on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. And we're going to study seven of the battles of the Old Testament. And we're going to look into the Word of God to find out exactly what the Holy Spirit would have us as women start to equip our arsenals with spiritually and so men i'm gonna ask you not only do i want you to do everything possible to make sure the women in your life get here i'm gonna put that on you you don't even have to babysit because guess what we got childcare. hey but i want you as men to start praying Start praying for all the women in your life and what God's going to do through and in us in those seven weeks. Will you do that? Amen. I'm excited. Registration for that opens this Tuesday. Everyone say Tuesday. It is 100% free. But I want you to register because I want to make sure that we have enough child care for all the babies coming. Okay. So this Tuesday, make sure that you go online and register. It's going to be awesome. So we're in the middle of this series called This Is Us. This Is Us. And the idea behind the series that we're in the middle of is that we're walking everyone through the methodology through which we believe the Lord has called us to live out the values that we have of Church for All Nations. And so this methodology, the first week, we talked about the idea that we are called to know God. And this is a continual process. This is not a one-time event. Last week, we talked about finding freedom. Again, a continual process. How many of you know that the Lord's continually working things out of our lives? Ain't none of us there yet. Amen? (laughs) That's the proper grammar when you're talking about something that serious. And this week we're going to talk about discovering our purpose. And there's many of us in this room that battle with that whether we're willing to admit it or not. Next week, JF is going to unpack this idea of making a difference. And at the end of the day, all research and psychologists tell us that it is in fact factual that. Most individuals on the planet truly want to make a difference, but so many of us don't get there because we don't go through the first three steps initially. Many of us don't truly make the difference that God's called us to because we aren't in relationship with Him. We haven't, in fact, found freedom, and we don't really understand our purpose. So today, I would like to unpack this idea of discovering our purpose and what it looks like. And I want to encourage you to take notes, especially the young people in this place. And by young, I mean anyone that's got breath in their lungs. (laughs) Because that means God still has an assignment for you. And so I want you to take notes and I want you to chew on this this week because we're gonna go through a lot of scripture and we're gonna go through a lot of questions that you'll be asking yourself. There's a story about one of the most famous rabbis that ever lived, Rabbi Hillel. One of the most influential rabbis to ever exist on the planet. And the story is told that this rabbi was on one of his daily walks. Daily walks where he would pray and commune with the Lord. And he was so deep in prayer, so deep in meditation on who God is, that he walked down the wrong path. He found himself at a gate that he was not familiar with. And on the top of this gate was a centurion guard. And the guard yelled down to this famous rabbi and said, who are you? And why are you here? Rabbi Hillel, in rabbinic fashion, responds back to the guard and says, how much do they pay you? The guard responded back the monetary value of what he receives in compensation weekly. And this famous rabbi said, I will double it if you will stand outside of the door of my home and ask me those two questions every morning. Who are you and why are you here? What if each and every one of us started every day of our lives asking ourselves those very questions? What if every single decision that we made about how our time was spent, about what we allowed in our thought lives, how we spent our money, what if every single decision we made was filtered through those two questions? Who am I and why? Am I here? It is no coincidence that we're talking about finding purpose on the day before we celebrate one of the greatest leaders that our nation has seen. Another term for purpose is dream. And tomorrow we will celebrate an incredible man of God that is known for number one, having a dream, And number two, living out that dream and then being willing to die for that dream. How many of us have the purpose in our lives so clearly, so clearly true that we are willing to do just that? To have a dream understand our purpose, and walk it out, even if it means being faced with death. JF and I used to live in Miami. The first few years of our marriage, we lived there in South Florida. And I'm sure they have them all over, but a few blocks from our house was a Greyhound racetrack. How many of you have ever been to one of those? Oh, two people that admit going to a greyhound racetrack. I love it. So in case you've never been, because so many of you are way too holy. uh, These are racetracks where people watch greyhound dogs, these beautiful majestic dogs that are trained to run incredibly fast. They watch these dogs. I guess people sometimes bet on the dogs, but the whole idea is watching these beautiful creatures run as fast as possible. And typically on these tracks, they have a little mechanical rabbit. Anybody ever seen this? That runs along the wall that the dogs chase, right? And so literally the gun goes off, and then the rabbit runs and, and the dogs, right? That was a pretty good dog. You totally are seeing it now. I know. I know. And so the, the rabbits always in front, and the dogs are running, 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 running to try and chase this rabbit. Well, while we while we lived there in Miami, apparently there was a race that occurred that a, after 10 seconds into the race, that mechanical rabbit exploded. Right? Well, what's so interesting is what the dogs did after the rabbit exploded. And it, literally, the newspapers listed this whole entire scenario. And my understanding is that an entire set of dogs was so frantic that they couldn't find the rabbit that they had been chasing that literally they ran straight into a wall and hurt themselves. Ouch, Right? And then there was apparently a dog or two that in looking around when they couldn't find the rabbit, they just laid down in the middle of the track (laughs) and took a nap. (laughs) I'm not doing this anymore. I don't even see the rabbit. And then there was a group of dogs that the reporters said got so angry at their lack of visual rabbit, where's a rabbit, where's a rabbit, where's a rabbit, that they turned on each other and started barking at each other and at the crowd. Isn't that interesting? What's so funny is that when I think about that story, I think about how so many of us, when we don't understand what we're chasing after, Did you know what you're running after matters? What your eyes are on matters. And there's some of us in this room that have been chasing after things that aren't not lasting. And what happens when that rabbit that you're chasing explodes, some of you out of the confusion run straight into walls, into self-destruction into hurting yourself your family and others some of you are here today and you've been laying on that racetrack just taking a nap because you don't even see that rabbit you were chasing anymore you figure you might as well quit what's the point point? and then some of you in this place have been barking at other dogs You've been yelling proverbially, right? You're screaming at the audience, at other dogs, at the people in charge of the race because you're so upset that your rabbit blew up because you've been chasing something that isn't lasting because you don't understand your purpose, what we are running after. Matters, And so this morning, I want to unpack four, I'm blowing your minds this morning, not three, four realities that when we truly grasp these realities, we will have a better understanding of exactly what God has called us to. A better understanding of the purpose with which each and every one of us was born. Four realities that will help us understand our purpose. The very first one is our purpose is assigned by our Creator. If you're taking notes, our purpose is assigned by our Creator. One of the most influential teachers in my life, personally, um, is a man by the name of Ray Vanderlaan. And he taught me while I was at Focus on the Family working for Dr. James Dobson, he introduced me to so many aspects of the living, breathing Word of God. And Ray tells a story, or he told a story to us as his students about the very first time he walked into rabbinic school. You see, he'd already done grad school and he felt like as a Christian minister, God was calling him to go through rabbinic training as well. And he said the the application process was long and arduous and they didn't understand why a Christian minister wanted to be a part of that. But he said he went through it all and on the first day of class, he walked in and had a couple realizations. Number one, he realized that he was the only man there in dockers, (laughs) right? Everyone else was in full rabbinic garb. Started making him just a little nervous. And then directly after, with the first assignment of the rabbi professor, (laughs) He realized that he was the only man in that entire classroom that didn't have the whole Torah memorized. Hello. He said the rabbi stood up and he said, we're going to start class today reciting Genesis. Well. (laughs) And all the hands went up wanting to be the very first one to start reciting the book of Genesis. And so the rabbi points to the first student and he stands up and he says, in the beginning God created, stop! And the rabbi points to the second student and he stands up and says, in the beginning God created, stop! And they're all kind of confused looking around and goes to the third student, in the beginning God created, stop! And he said, I want you to, Realize that if you don't believe those five words in the beginning, God created, then none of the rest of the book is going to make sense to you. And so this morning, wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you need to know that you are loved, you are always welcome here, but when it comes to your purpose, until you understand that you were created by the God of the universe with a specific purpose, none of the rest is going to make sense. None of the rest will make sense. JF mentioned there's a lot of amazing updates that are going on in and around the church. And nobody's more excited about those than I am, right? But I walked into the office the other day and this machine was sitting outside of my office door and I grew up around construction tools and I got um, quite a few power tools myself no big deal but I didn't know what the heck this was I'd never seen it before and so I knocked on Elder Carl's door and I said Elder what's this and he said oh Ash that's a biscuit maker elder. I know Norwegians don't cook like Southerners, but I don't think this is a biscuit maker. Right? I mean, biscuits, uh, I I don't I don't know that I want to eat anything that has come through. Anything that looks like this. And then he said, "No, no, no. No, actually, a biscuit is is one of one of these." And I said, "I mean, that looks bad for even unleavened bread, brother." Like I, I, I don't think I want that for communion. Or, and he said, no, 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 Ash, Ash, no, no, no. It's, it's a tool that makes these. And I said, are you, are you sure? Because, I mean, I know you're smart, but a biscuit maker? And he said, take my word for it. Well, being the good researcher that I am, I didn't. And <laughs> it's not that I don't trust you. So I went online. And... I went to the Porter Cable website and I downloaded the owner's, the owner's manual. And I read about this tool. I read about what it is, what it does, and why it was fashioned in the first place. And guess what? That's all I needed. It was proof, proof of what it is and what it is supposed to do. What do you mean? What it was created to do. And where did I get that? From the manual of the one who created it. And I don't know why that ends up being so novel to us as Christians, because there's some of us in this place that have listened to what other people think you should do. And there are some of us in this place that have been listening over and over to what culture says we are. And instead, if we simply go to the word of God, to the manual written by the one that created us, all of it becomes so beautifully clear. And yet, we fight that. Why? Why? Because the enemy knows the power that exists the second you understand that your identity and your purpose are found only in your creator and what he says about you. Amen. It's true. It's good. It's good. Well, what does it say? Isaiah reminds us that we were created for God's glory. What does that mean? Because we end up using phrases like that. And if you grew up in the church, you kind of have a concept of it. But I want to unpack it for a second. Because some of us didn't grow up in church. And you need to know what that means. The glory of God, when we talk about seeing the glory of God, we talk about seeing who He really is seeing His majesty, seeing His power. So, when Scripture says that we were created for His glory, what Scripture's talking about is the idea that we were created not only to see who He is, but to point others to who He is. And if you are a follower of God, If you are a follower of Jesus, if you are a child of God, you are created not only to see him in his fullness, but to point others to who he is. 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, whatever you do, it doesn't matter what you're doing, make sure you're doing it to point people to God. Do it all to the glory of God. Jesus himself prayed this exact concept. Matthew 6, verses nine and 10, Jesus said, this is how you should pray. If you're a follower of me, this is how you need to pray. This is what you need to ask God for. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. God, we recognize how holy you are. That's what that means. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does it mean when we ask God for more of his kingdom here? What does that mean? It means that we want to see what heaven looks like here on earth. And God says not only are we to pray for it, we are to do it. We're to live our lives in a way that is making earth look a little more like heaven. That's exactly what Martin Luther King did, didn't he? He had a dream and because he lived out the purpose of his life in the assignments that God had given him, this culture ain't even close to perfect but it looks a tiny bit more like heaven because of one man. What has God called you to do? In living for him, in pointing people to him, what has God asked you to do? I've got three sub points today because I think it will help us understand if we really truly have a comprehension of our purpose in the Lord. And so I want you to understand that when you fully grasp that your purpose comes from your creator, there's three things that will happen. The first one, embracing your purpose from God will bring focus. Embracing your purpose from God will bring focus. There are some of you in this place that have the disease of busyness. I have been one to really struggle with this. The second that you understand your purpose from God, that will cease. Let me explain why. Some of you say yes to everything. I'm getting real good at saying no. Anybody else with me? There's something very holy about saying no sometimes. But the reality is when you understand your purpose, you will now know what to say yes to and what to say no to. Some of you are running, 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 focusing on 50 different things and God is going, I only had two that have anything to do with your purpose. And so what the enemy says is, you know what? I can't stop Ashley, but what I can do is give her so much to do that she's no good at any of it. The second you understand your purpose from your creator, the Lord will bring focus into your life. Paul writes about this. He writes about this to the church in Philippi. They're a church that's struggling with this exact same idea of purpose. And Paul starts this chapter in chapter three, he starts this chapter talking about how he used to waste his time. He talks about how all of the old striving, all of the old gain, it's now garbage. When he looks at it through the lens of his actual purpose. And he continues that thought in Philippians 3 verse 12. Paul says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things, amen, Paul. (laughs) Or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. What does that mean? I press on, I move toward exactly why Jesus purchased me with his blood in the first place. Verse 13, no dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I, what, focus on five things? No, I focus on the one thing. What, my purpose. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Embracing your purpose from God will bring focus. And the second one, it will bring endurance. We're still on the first point. Stay with me. Embracing your purpose from God will bring focus and it will bring endurance. Some of you, like I said, are like those beautiful greyhounds, and you're laying down in the middle of your race. You're laying down in the middle of your assignment because you got so wiped out. You've been spinning your wheels and you can't see the finish line. And what happens with that is that you've lost sight of exactly what God has you running after. And the beauty of our owner's manual is that we get to read about how it ends. And the Holy Spirit wants to say to you right now, if you've laid down, Understand my purpose for you and keep in sight how the story ends. Because the second you lose sight of that, you lose your endurance. And you begin to lay down in the middle of the track. Philippians 3, continuing on, verse 14 says, I press on to reach the end of the race. That finish line And receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Embracing your purpose from your creator will bring focus, bring endurance, and bring fulfillment. Are you here today and you go to bed at night feeling unfulfilled? Do you ask, Lord, God, why do you even have me here? What do you have for me, Lord? I feel so unfulfilled, I don't feel like I'm living out what you've called me to. We're gonna dive back into that right now. But the first thing you need to understand is that your creator created you with purpose. Your creator created you with purpose. The second reality to help you walk out your God-given purpose The first one is that it's assigned from your creator. The second one is our purpose is connected to our passion. Everybody say passion. Your purpose is always connected to your passion. What are you passionate about? Some of you are sitting there going, I don't know. I haven't had a passion in so long. What are you passionate about? Psalm 37 verse 4 says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, when I was younger, I understood that to mean that if I delight myself in the Lord, that he'll give me whatever I want. (laughs) Who's in for that? Woo, yeah, come on. And you know what? Maybe that's a face of that scripture. But the older I get, the more I realize that what that scripture is truly talking about is that if if and when I take pleasure, true pleasure, in not only the word of God his spirit, exactly what he's called me to, every facet of who God is. The more I take pleasure in how beautiful he is, the more he starts to change me. The more he starts to transform who Ashley is so that what I desire looks so much more like what he desires. The more I spend time with him, The more I'm in his presence, the more I'm in his word, he's continually washing me and making me look like him so that I literally crave the things of God. What do you desire? What are you passionate about? Some of you are sitting here going, Ashley, I am passionate about makeup. How can God use that? He can. Give it to him. If you are following after the Lord, if you are pursuing Him, if you are delighting in Him, I fully believe God can use anything. J.F.'s best friend, married his best friend from college, married his cousin. And this dude is like a dude's dude. His name is Brad. And that sucker has loved hunting every day of his life. Nobody loves hunting like Brad loves hunting. He's got every gun, every bow and arrow, every camo pattern you could possibly imagine. He's got it. He's got two little girls. They both shoot bows and arrows like better than any man in this place. I'll I'll put them up against him, And they're like, what, five and eight. How about that, right? Unbelievable. He started asking the Lord, Lord, how, how do you want me to use this passion? I believe this passion is from you. The Lord opened this amazing opportunity. Get this now. For Brad to be paid by the U.S. government to go into overly populated places where deer roam like rats, deer, elk, all kinds of amazing animals. The U.S. government is now paying Brad to go into those areas and hunt with his bow and arrow. And guess what he does with that meat? He gives every homeless shelter, every food pantry that's connected to any church in that area. He's constantly giving, 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 giving. Why? Because if you delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. He wants to use what he's already put inside of you. See, you're arguing with him. The enemy's convinced you that you're not fashioned by your creator in his image. He's convinced you that those desires aren't even from the Lord. And God said, give them to me. I'll use them for my glory. I will use them to point people to me. What are you passionate about? Number three. Our purpose utilizes our strengths. So it's assigned by our creator. It's connected to our passion. What are you passionate about? And our purpose utilizes our strengths. Now maybe you're like me. I got to be honest. I didn't really fully understand my passion for teaching until about 15 years ago A friend looked at me and said, my Lord, if you're not teaching, you're not breathing. And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, Ashley, you can't read something new in a book without calling five people in the first 10 minutes to make sure that they know exactly the new thing that you read. Oh, I guess, yeah, I am really passionate about that. Sometimes it's just what flows out of you. And maybe you don't even recognize it as passion. John and Carrie, raise your hands, wave to everybody. These two amazing individuals, passionate and unbelievably gifted at tons of things, but literally walked into our lobby after I had all those plants delivered. How many of you love plants like I do? Aren't they beautiful? I don't know how to take care of them, though. I will kill them all. Not because I don't love them, but I am so ignorant with a brown thumb when it comes to anything botany. So they are our resident botanists. Why? Because I went to them and begged them to? No. They saw the need. Literally, they walked up to us and said, do you, do you have somebody to care for these? Guys, no, I don't. We'll do it. We'll do it. And then everybody's coming to tell me, you should see their yard. It's like next level. It's unbelievable, right? Now, what if everything in John's yard was dead? Would we want him to take care of the plants? No. Why? Because our purpose utilizes our strengths. Oh, but you can't be passionate about something you're not good at. Have you seen American Idol? I got to be honest, it's the only ones I watch. The audition ones. And it's old school. I don't even know if it's even still on. But people can be passionate sometimes about stuff they're no good at. Bless their heart. That's what we say in the South. Bless their heart, right? All I ever think about when I watch those auditions, where are their friends? True? Why, why would they let them do that? Where are the people that love them? Jesus, send someone. Please, Lord. But you got people like John and Carrie who see and need. Miss Carrie Denmark, you're that way. Oh, I think about my mom. My mom will walk into a room and what naturally flows out of her is making sure, oh, she's tidying things. That is a gift, that is a strength. Oh, but I'm not passionate about it, but it naturally flows out of you, right? And sometimes we ignore that. We don't understand the passion and the life that that brings. I've never seen a smile bigger on anybody's face with their hands covered in dirt, literally. Why, because it brings him life. It's part of his strength. And some of you here today, you're thinking, Oh, but I don't, I don't have passion. I don't have gifts. But that's not true. Look with me. Scripture is clear multiple places. We don't have time to unpack them all today, but Scripture is clear that everyone has gifts from God. Everyone. Look with me at 1 Peter 4. Starting in verse 10, it says, God has given each of you. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. God has given each of you a gift, at least one. Some of you have multiple gifts from his great variety of spiritual gifts. I need for you to hear this too this morning. Some of you have read the passages where it talks about apostles and prophets and those are not the only gifts. Scripture lists gifts, specific to that church, but those are not the only gifts. Sometimes God gives you gifts of being able to be a horticultural genius, right? Sometimes God gives you gifts of discernment, words of knowledge. I have a friend sitting in this room right now that she walks into a room and if someone is battling suicide or depression because it's stuff she's walked through, her heart starts to break. And for a while, it took her to second, a second to recognize what that was. She's like, man, I'm still battling with it. And the Holy Spirit said, no, you're not. You're to intercede. You're to intercede for those people. And that's the gift that I've given you. Each one of you has gifts. But look at this. Scripture says, use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Why? Because he is. Because your creator has made you in his image. Same DNA. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do you walk into a room and go, oh man, that mom could really use another hand. Man, that dad really needs encouragement. That's your gift, don't minimize it. Did you know that that term is help, but in the original language, it's deliverer? Some of you will take a meal to a single mom this week and it will deliver her so that she could get her babies in bed on time and actually spend time with the Lord. Gift of helps, right? Don't minimize those gifts. Do it all with the strength and energy and endurance, right, that God supplies, then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. The last point as we close. Our purpose involves assignments. So your purpose is assigned not by culture, not by your mama and daddy, not by your failures, by your creator. It's connected to your passion. Maybe that looks like what excites you. Maybe it looks like what flows naturally out of you. It utilizes your strengths. God doesn't want you miserable over not being great at something and having to do it all the time. Our purpose involves assignments. Sometimes I think people get this idea of purpose and assignment mixed up. Because I have girlfriends who have three and four babies and they feel purposeless. No, 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 (laughs) you have purpose. Your assignment right now looks like changing diapers. Your purpose is still the same. Your purpose is still bringing glory to God. And I think it's so important to understand seasons, seasons of life, because good or bad, no season lasts forever. Good or bad, This season will come and go before you know it. And it's so imperative to understand that God never, ever, ever gives you a purposeless season. Every season has specific assignments. And the Lord wants you to open your eyes to what he's called you to. Open your eyes and be willing to see the assignments he's placed before you. Open your eyes to how he wants you to utilize the passions and the strengths. And there's a common theme in all of this. Our purpose always involves serving others for God's glory. Serving others to point them to him. Loving others to show them God. Luke 9 verse 23 says, Then he said to them all, this is Jesus talking to his followers. Jesus said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. Deny living for themselves. Open your eyes to the assignments I've placed before you. Verse 24, whoever wants to save their life, whoever's just thinking about how I can serve me, you're gonna lose the whole deal. You're missing your whole purpose. You're gonna to go to bed at night and feel unfulfilled. You're gonna spin your wheels and be exhausted. Why? Because you're just living for you. But whoever is willing to lose their life, whoever's willing to pour out their whole life for other people, to point other people to God himself, that's when you get it. That's when you're gaining. That's when you know your purpose. John 10, ten I've preached this here before, but somebody here this morning needs to hear this. Jesus himself said, I came that you would have life and have it to the full. The original language says, have it bigger. Oh, I love that. And somebody's not hearing that. I came that you would have life bigger than just for you. I came to give you purpose that is so much bigger than just serving yourself. I came to give you purpose that would bring residual income, blessing, generations after generations after generations affected by your willingness to live out your purpose. I wanna close with this story. I love being able to learn lessons from history books. And this week I was reading some history stuff from World War II. World War II, Ashley, why? I believe the Holy Spirit wanted to open some of our eyes. In looking at the history of World War II, at the height of the war, 1944, at the height of the Nazi concentration camps, at the height of the murders that were taking place, slaughters. A group of Jewish leaders and Winston Churchill approached the US government and said, you gotta help you don't understand what's going on out there. It's mass slaughterings. You, you, you have to do something. And we're not even gonna ask you to bomb the concentration camps. If you'll just be willing to bomb the train tracks that lead to the concentration camps, that will help. That will help more than you could possibly know And the US government, for more reasons than I could probably ever know, stalled. And after about two and a half months, moved into making decisions toward that ask and that assignment. And the history books reflect that in those two months that they waited and did not act over 310,000 Jews were murdered in that one concentration camp. Why would I tell you that here today? God has given you purpose. He has placed opportunities before each and every one of you. And some of you are stalling. Some of you are barking at other people. Some of you have laid down on the racetrack Some of you are headed for destruction. And the Lord said, no, 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 get your eyes on me. Get your eyes on the purpose that I've called you to. I have an assignment. And if you're willing to walk it out, you have no idea how many lives could be saved. But if you're unwilling, if you're unwilling, you also can't fathom the catastrophe that could await. Maybe not for 310 thousand Jews but maybe for that neighbor who needs to know the Lord maybe for that co-worker maybe for your own family God has a purpose that he's created you with and he wants you to walk it out today bow your heads I want to pray for you if you're here today and you haven't even started that journey with him Maybe you weren't even aware, number one, that you had a creator, but number two, that he cared at all about you, much less had a very specific purpose for you. God says that he's literally had plans for you before you were ever born. Hairs on your head numbered, every day already recorded. He knows you and he has plans for you. If you want to say yes to him, maybe for the first time, maybe it's a renewing that commitment to serve him, to follow him. If that's you here today, right now, I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. I want you to lift your hand on a count of three. Don't wait. The Lord is calling you. If you have that weird feeling in your stomach, it's not what you ate for breakfast. It's the Holy Spirit stirring you, saying, I'm speaking to you. If that's you and you want to say yes to him on the count of three, lift your hand. One, two, three, yes, 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 yes. yes. I see your hands. Yes, 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 yes. See your hands. Yes, 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 yes. In your own words sitting right there, you can do it aloud or you can do it quiet. Just ask him, Lord, forgive me. I confess my sins to you. I wanna live my life for you. God, I'm done living life for just me. I wanna live my life with your purpose, with your calling, with your freedom, with your forgiveness. God, I wanna hunger for your word so that I can know more about you, so that I can look more like you, so that I can point people to you, Lord, and begin to thank him. Part of the reason that we have you raise your hand is so that when the enemy reminds you, and he will, of your past, and tries to convince you that it's no different, you can say, no, 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 I raised my hand. I wasn't the only person that saw it. Ashley saw it, raising my hand. Maybe you're here today and this purpose thing is what you've been wrestling with. And you want God to give you a new revelation of the fact that your purpose comes from Him Of the fact that he wants to use you right here and right now the fact that he has assignments for you and maybe you need a new revelation of all of those things walking out the passions that he's already put inside of you the strengths if that's you here right now and you want prayer for that just lift your hand we're gonna pray yeah all over the room yep exactly me too father we just thank you Lord that you Lord, you created us in your image, God, and that you have such a beautiful design for each and every one of us, God, and that we bear your actual DNA, Lord. Your breath is in our lungs, Lord, and that when we unify, God, when we're serving others, we look more like you than ever before. Lord, I ask that you would give a new revelation to my family here this morning, my friends here this morning, God, that you would give a new revelation of your purpose to each and every one of them. Lord, that they would be focused, God, that they would be energized, Lord, that they would be fulfilled using their passions and strengths for your glory to point people to you. God, we thank you for it. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.